spending time with her husband, friends, family, including her 12 grandchildren. In her spare time, she connects and celebrates with the women involved in motorsports, taking you behind the wall about their journey of life, racing, and how they juggle everything to make it all work. Welcome to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Strap in, window nets up, the pedals are down, and when the green flag drops, we go. This is Melinda Russell with Racing Girls Rock, and I'm excited to introduce you to our guest today. Her name is Megan Meyer. Megan is a well-known race person, and I'm excited to get her on the show and let her tell you all the interesting and exciting things that have happened to her this year during the race season, and so we're just going to get started with Megan, so welcome to the show, Megan. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here, Melinda. So Megan, let's start with the people that maybe don't follow drag racing. Um, let's start with that. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and how you got started in racing? Yes. So I got started racing 16 years ago with me and my little sister, Rachel, who is two years younger than me. And for those of you that don't know what drag racing is, it's very easy. It's um, just a quarter mile strip straight, and it's just whoever gets to the finish line first wins the race. And we run about five and a quarter seconds for that distance uh, between 270 to 280 miles per hour. And um, it's just two people at a time. You're at a stop, and then there's a tree in front of you. You pre-stage and stage. Once you're ready to go, there will be three yellow lights that come on and then a green light. And pretty much when you see yellow, you step on the gas and go. And um, if you do leave too soon before the green light comes on, you will get disqualified for the race. Um, but pretty much you want to have the, the best reaction time between you and your competitor and cross the finish line first. And that's pretty much all that you have to do to, <laughs> for drag racing. So, um, so like I said, I got started when I was uh, 10 years old, 16 years ago. I'm 26 now, and um, we got started because my dad and his brother started racing back in the 70s, and they are originally from Indiana. They moved to Kansas um, whenever they were teenagers trying to go to Votech school to be mechanics, and um, along the way, they you know met some friends that were just hanging out at the drag races, having some fun racing cars, so they started going, and then they bought their own dragsters and started racing themselves. And um, my dad would actually go to the junkyard and just find bits and pieces from motors and anything that he could take off old cars and to use on his race cars. So, um, and to this day, um, the, my dad and uncle are still um, going to the races. Neither one of them drive anymore, but I have an older cousin who races. Uh, my uncle has a dragster and an S10 pickup truck that they they run together and then me and my dad race together with my little sister sometimes and we have three other drivers on our team including Julie who you just said has been on the show before. So that's really really interesting they they just went with some friends and they got started and I love the junkyard story because my husband's famous for never wanting to buy new parts when something is needed he wants to go to the junkyard because he, he has found some really great deals there. So <laughs> I yes, uh, exactly. that. <laughs> that's called being resourceful. So that's really good. So, um, so you started racing 10 years ago. You don't look 26. I have to tell you, you probably hear that all the time. Yeah. You, know, you and your sister are very competitive. It looks like, um, sometimes you're first and she's second and sometimes she's first and you're second. That happens quite a bit, doesn't it? It does, you know, with us um, racing together, we had to start at the exact same time. And so I had to wait till she was old enough. At that time, the rule was you had to be at least eight years old to start racing in what we call the junior dragster class. And so I was 10 years old and she was eight. And that was back in 2004. And now they have changed the rules that you can start when you're five years old, which to me is crazy. 
but um, you know, the sooner the better, I guess. So they do split up the class um, based on ages. They have um, five, six, and seven-year-olds race together now. Eight and nine-year-olds are in a class, and then it's 10 to 12, and then 13 to 18. So we were doing it, you know, ever since she was old enough, and we got to race with our cousins, and we made um, just so many friends at the Kansas City track, which was our home track. We're about 45 minutes from Kansas City. And, you know, it was just a blast. And as soon as we got our driver's license, when whenever I turned 16, my dad gave me the keys to our dually with the trailer. And he said, here you go. If you want to race, you're on your own now. And, you know, you're doing everything on your own. So because he was out racing NHRA top alcohol dragster following the NHRA um, schedule. So, so it'd just be me and my sister. And sometimes my mom would come along if she wasn't out with my dad, we'd go out to the racetrack and, you know, find someone's parents that could help us out if we needed it. And we could pretty much do everything on our own. So I think that's the best way to learn. Um, if, if racing is something that you want to do full time, you have to know how to do every single aspect of it and not just be a driver that shows up and the only thing that you can do is drive a race car. I, you know what? I totally agree with that. I think, you know, I just listened to um, Jimmy Johnson was on Sirius radio this morning and he was talking a little bit about the same thing. You can't just be the guy that shows up. You have to know everything. And, you know, not to say that every little thing, sometimes you need a little help, but, but he basically said the same thing, you know, to be the best, you need to be fully invested. And, and he said, they asked him if he had God-given talent or if it was something he worked at. And he, what he said was he was passionate about racing. And he said, I think you can be the best at something if you have the passion for it. And I think that's what I see in you and your sister and Julie too. You know, um, I see a lot of passion in what you're doing. And I think even if you're not the most talented driver in whatever you're doing, the passion will get you a long way. And I love that your, your dad gave you the keys to the hauler. Wow. He was trusting, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Um, you know, it's kind of crazy looking back on that now just to give us that much independence with it. Um, but, you know, we had proven that we had the passion and that we were determined and um, that that was what we wanted to do. And late nights we would spend in the race shop, um, you know, helping him work on his own car. And then whenever he'd get time, he'd work on our cars, which were very easy to work on back then compared to what we do now. And, um, you know, cause back then we didn't really have a crew like we do now where we have a full time set of crew guys that have specific jobs on the cars, you know, back then growing up, it was me and my sister, my mom, and sometimes one other guy who would live a couple hours away that would drive up one or two days a week to come and help us out. And so we, we learned very quickly, um, you know, what it was going to take if this was the career that we wanted to pursue. And as we grew up and we graduated from the junior dragster class when we turned 18 into uh, the higher sportsman classes of NHRA, which we went into uh, the super comp class, which the junior dragsters, they only run eighth of a mile and they can run anywhere from 50 to 80 miles per hour in that distance. And then um, to go from that, which may seem slow, but it's faster than a sports car out there that, you know, zero to 60 takes them a while to get there, whereas a junior dragster can get there very quickly. And so um, from there, we went to what's called the super comp dragster class of NHRA, which is a full quarter mile. And uh, the car is much bigger. It has a very large engine. We were, we were running um, 525 motors in there, and they would run anywhere from uh, like 160 to 180 miles per hour. So it was a big jump going from 80 miles per hour an eighth of a mile to 180 and a quarter mile. So it took us a while to figure them out. And that was um, a, a type of car that my dad knew absolutely nothing about. So again, we were kind of on our own. 
And at this time, we were 18, graduating from high school, going into college. And um, my sister and I ended up going to the same school, which was about two hours away from home. So we um, fortunately had a drag strip that was down there. And it, we would just run eighth of a mile down there simply because um, the shutoff after the finish line wasn't long enough for us to run a full quarter mile and to have room to slow down. So we would just run eighth mile there, but a lot of the friends that we made growing up racing stayed in the sport. And so they were going there too. So, you know, we still kept all of our connections and relationships that we had made back home. We would see them on the weekends when we were racing and then going to school full time during the week. And, you know, we, it was, again, we had a, we had to, you know, make the decision if this is what we wanted to do, or instead of doing sports or other activities with their school, we decided to go racing. So what did your friends think of that? I, you know, I, I asked this often of kids that are school age, you know, um, did your friends understand that? Did they think you were crazy? Did they support you and come and watch? How did that work with you and your sister's friends? Um, you know, they would come and watch if they had the time to, but they really didn't understand it. And, um, and I think it's just because we grew up in a very small town in Kansas and, you know, just automotive in general wasn't really something that you would see in our town. I mean, it's a lot of farmer guys and they would just, you know, have their tractors and farm trucks to school and, and that was about it. So it really wasn't, um, you know, the, the kids at school that we grew up with, we didn't really fit in with anyone. And we didn't have like a shop or automotive program at our school to really learn more about this stuff or for other kids to learn the importance of automotive. And so, you know, they thought, they probably thought we were a little strange and we were gone all the time too. I mean, we were either gone racing our own stuff or we'd have to travel with our dad if we weren't old enough to be able to stay home by ourselves. Or, you know, every other weekend we'd be staying at family house or at a friend's house because my parents were gone doing their own thing. So, you know, we did have, a, I don't know, I would say rough childhood, but you know, it was just different. We, we didn't really fit in that well. And, um, you know, our group of friends that we were with, they didn't really understand um, why we were spending so much time doing this to build a career when we're only 10 years old. You know, that's the last thing that they're even thinking about. They don't even know what they want to do when they grow up or whenever they would graduate from high school, whereas we're already trying to build that foundation while we're young. And, you know, it, it was completely worth it for me because if I hadn't spent so much time at the racetrack, you know, building relationships with other families there, building relationships with sponsors that, you know, started sponsoring us when we had our junior dragsters and they are still with us to this day because they are just really good friends now with us and they want to support us along the way. You know, if, if we hadn't spent so much time dedicated to it, then we definitely would not be in the position that we are now. So it's, it takes a lot of sacrifices, but it's completely worth it. Um, if racing is what you want to do when you grow up. So I, I, I love what you've just said, because um, when I interview girls that are high school or younger, and I hear them say, really, all we did was race, you know, then I know that they are committed and they're passionate. And if I hear a little girl say, oh, I take dance and I swim on the swim team and I play softball and she does 10 things and she races. I'm not saying that she doesn't love racing, but racing is not her life, at least not yet. And <clears throat> most of the gals that I talk to who are successful and who have made racing their career or they're passionate about did not have a lot of friends in school because they were gone, they were traveling, or they were working in the shop and they weren't, you know, going to the movies or doing all these other things that their other friends were doing. And so your story is more common than you realize. 
that, you know, it was probably you and your sister hanging out with a handful of friends. And most of them were probably kids that raced was your closest friends. Yes, for sure. And, um, and like I said, a lot of them did stick with the sport. Um, whenever that we were done racing junior dragsters and, but most of them didn't and that's completely fine. You know, we still are friends on Facebook with almost every single one of them that we raced with. And, um, you know, it's really cool because sometimes they will come out to the races whenever we're racing at home or if we're doing like a, a promo deal at home and we have the car on display, they'll come out and see it. And we haven't seen them in years, but they, they relate and they get it. And then, you know, maybe, you know, they wish they would have tried a little bit harder when they were younger, or maybe, you know, they are fine with that. They made the decision to leave the sport. That's completely up to them, but we are still um, connected with them. And yeah, a lot of the friends that, we had back then they didn't live close to us you know we were we came from all over the midwest to race in kansas city but back then we didn't even have social media whenever i first started racing junior dragsters so um but you know thankfully we do now so we're able to keep in touch with a lot of them and the kids that did grow up and stay with the sport and made the sacrifices to to stay in there they're either working on top field dragsters or they're racing their own cars in the different classes of NHRA, or, you know, they're trying to do what they can to get sponsorships to be able to be a full-time racer, whether it's in a class like ours in the top alcohol dragster class, or if they want to be a top field driver. Right. It, yeah, exactly. And, you know, like you said, maybe they're not driving, maybe they're working on somebody else's car, maybe they've stayed with racing and, and maybe not. And everybody has to make those decisions moving forward. But um, the nice thing about social media is that they've probably been following what you're doing and watching from afar, which, you know, that's what I've, I have been doing with not just you and your sister, but a lot of young gals that race until I get a chance to interview them or meet them or tell their story in the magazine, I follow them through social media. And uh, I sometimes I feel like I know them even if I haven't met them yet because I follow them so closely. So um, I'm excited to get to actually talk to you today, Megan. So tell me a little bit about this year's racing. I know you just won a nice championship. So why don't you tell us a little bit about this year and and what was different this year that, you know, it was a step up. You won that championship. What was different this year that allowed you that success? Well, we, you know, we try to have the best cars and the best drivers out there that we can. And it all started, um, my journey started back in 2016 when I graduated from college and made the decision to be a full-time race car driver. And um, we had a lot of success early on. You know, I won, my first race that I won was in Charlotte, which is where we just wrapped up the championship. So that track means so much to me. And, you know, we just, we came into this uh, decision to go full-time with the intention that, this was our goal was to win the world championship. My dad had previously won it back in 2003 and it's been a really long time since we had won it again. And it's just because we, we would just fall short at races and you, we wouldn't make it all the way to the final round or get the win. And so we, um, you know, we decided that if this was our goal, we wanted to make it as big as possible. We were able to get NGK Sparkplugs to sign on to be my title sponsor, which was allowed us to get a lot of exposure. They did partner up with the track in Charlotte to sponsor the race. So they brought out all their customers and employees there. So it meant so much to us this weekend when we were able to wrap it up and achieve that goal that we set out for us four years ago. And this year, um, like I mentioned earlier, we have five drivers on our team and we only have two race cars. So um, we only run two cars because we have one trailer and that's all that we can fit in there. And we don't have enough um, 
funding or people to be able to have a second rig and drive it around the country. So we just have the two cars right now and I have um, my car that I race full time and then a couple times a year there'll be someone else that will drive my car at races that I won't be attending and that will either be Matt Sackman or Camry Caruso who did that this year. And then for a second car, it was pretty much um, split 50-50 between Julie and my sister Rachel this year. And um, Julie is now done with college, so she's able to commit full-time to the season with her dad uh, sponsoring her. And my sister Rachel, she is also done with college, but she is now a full-time product engineer in the automotive industry. So she is not able to race full-time so with that her and Julie were able to split the car Rachel did nine racers at races and Julie is doing about 15 this year and I did a total of 15 this weekend I will be in Dallas and it will be my last race of the year which is pretty cool to be able to wrap up the championship before the season is even over with but um you know our success this year started at the end of last year we were able to start going on a streak of going into the finals with at least one of our cars. And now we either would get first or second place, but we would still make it into the final. And I believe I would have to look back at our um, facts, at our schedule, but I believe that this streak was about 15 races that started last year, went on to this year. Now, the reason why that stopped was because we had a race at our home track in Topeka and, and the Kansas City track is closed. So we're no longer able to race there. So we go to Topeka, Kansas, which is a little bit further away from us, but it is on the NHRA schedule. And um, we, unfortunately, is my sister and I both racing in the top alcohol dragster class. And unfortunately we had both lost first round. We did very bad qualifying just got behind the ball and we were just trying to chase it and just could not find the power to be able to make um, enough to be able to win first round. And the biggest reason behind that is just that we got distracted. It was our home track. We had a lot of family and friends there and, you know, we just, we just were not paying attention and that was that. So unfortunately that ended our streak but we were able to pick it right back up and we have been carrying it again ever since then. So I believe, um, again, I don't know off the top of my head, so I need to, I need to double check this, but I think every single race we've been to this year, except for that one, we have either won or runner up that race, which is very unheard of for anybody to even have that kind of success in this sport and to even say that we're running two cars with five completely different drivers that have different driving styles. And so, you know, we have just been able to fine tune everything to understand the driving styles of each person, um, to be able to understand, you know, all the, the different weather conditions and track conditions of each track that we visit every weekend, what we need to expect going into that weekend, how we need to tune the cars, and also just by having really, really good crew guys on our team that have been with us for a really long time. They know our routine, they know our operation, they know our standards, and they're able to fit that bill. So, you know, everything just kind of added up. All of our hard work is showing, and we were able to wrap up the championship before the season even ended, which is so incredible. And the fact that I am now the first female to win the championship for our class and I'm only the fourth female to win it for the whole um, Lucas Oil drag racing series of NHRA. So very very cool so why don't you now explain to us a little bit about what does like do you earn points at every race does it carry through the season or how does that work so that you win the championship what do, what do you have to do to actually win it? Um, yeah the biggest thing is just to have the most points at the end of the year. So it's a little confusing, but I will try my best to explain it. The way how NHRA set up our rules is 
that there's actually two different series that we run in within NHRA. So there's a national series, which is just all over the country. They we race at the same races that the top fuel and pro stock pro mod guys race at, but they do not run our class at every single race event because they just simply run out of room and the pits and they're not able to have enough time to be able to run every single class at every single race. So um, the, the pro guys, you know, they're guaranteed their 24 NHRA races but then everybody else that is considered in the sportsman classes, they are not guaranteed that. So um, they have it set up to where there's 16 races that they will run the top alcohol dragsters and pointy car classes at. And per the rules, you are able to pick 10 out of those 16 to run at. It can be any 10. It doesn't matter if it's the first 10. The last 10, you do five here, five there, you know, one here. It doesn't matter how you do it, but your maximum to count towards points is 10 races. Now, if you do 11, 12, 13, they're going to let you in because they want your entry fee money, but they will not give you points if you win that race. Um, you know, you'll still get a trophy, but you won't get anything else other than that. So, so we pick our 10 at the beginning of the year, which I usually do the exact same 10 every time because that's um, the races where I've been the most successful at and I have the most fun at those 10. And then from there, we do our regional schedule. So the regional is only seven races and that is just, they split up the states into four regions. So there's West Coast, Midwest, and then what they call North Central, and then East Coast. And so being in Kansas, we are in the Midwest region. So um, my sister and I, we race together in the regional series, and that is also a separate championship that you can win. They have um, regional points that count towards the regional series, but you can also add regional points into the national series, which can make or break a championship. So, um, so to explain the regionals uh, series, we had one, I believe I won uh, four races this year out of the seven. I actually skipped the last two because I had already won the championship and I didn't need to go to those uh, last two races. So Julie went um, as my replacement and she was not originally scheduled to go there, but she, she had um, time open and she was able to add a few more onto her schedule. So she went there in replacement of me to get points and, um, and also the, the points stick with the driver. So the driver can go to uh, different teams. The driver can drive different cars. That doesn't matter. The points stick with the driver, not with the car, not with the team. So, um, so we had one, I, I believe it was three, not four. My sister had one, one. I had won three regional events. And so those three wins um, clinched my regional championship for the Midwest region, which was um, also my third year in a row doing it. And those three wins counted towards my national series uh, points. So even though they're two different series, the points are the same. So basically, <laughs> To explain the, how the structure works, if you win a race, you get 85 points. If you get second place, you get 64 points. If you get third place, you get 53 points. Fourth place is 42 points. And then it goes down to 32 points from there. And then um, if you do go to the race, but you don't qualify for the top 16 that actually get to do eliminations, you will get 10 points. So that way it still counts that you went to the race. And so you can't, um, you know, you can't cancel that one out and go to another one to replace it. So you'll, you get 10 points to still count towards those 10 races that you went to. So, um, so we got 85 points times three already for wins um, that counted towards my national series. And then we won four uh, national or sorry, yeah, four, four national events this year. So I had one Gainesville, Florida, Houston, Texas, Indianapolis, Indiana, 
and then Charlotte, North Carolina this past weekend. So that gave me a total of seven wins, which basically just meant that I had the most points and the people that were in second and third place, even if they had won, because um, there are three races left in the season, even if someone had won all three of those races, they would not have had enough points at the end of the year to be able to pass me. So that's how I have already been able to finish the championship because I just had the most amount of points and no one would be able to, to get first place. That's, that's pretty cool. I've, okay. I've never heard about how the points work and I totally followed you and understood how it worked. Okay. Good. And, and so now <laughs> I've learned something today. You know, I'm a, I'm a short track circle, you know, short track asphalt fan. That's how I started in racing. And I've become a drag racing fan. Martin, Michigan is only 20 minutes from my house, which is US 131 Motorsports Park. Okay. I yeah. don't know if you've ever been there, but if you haven't, it's a great facility. You should, you should come there and, uh, and, and race sometime because I think you'd really enjoy it. So um, I'm learning a lot about drag racing, but I really enjoy now hearing about the points. So, so that's pretty cool. So now you have one race left that you committed to racing at. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to go there knowing you're already the champ. So the pressure's off, right? Yes. Yeah. And so th that's pretty cool. You're the first woman to win that championship. And one of only four, if I understood right, in, yes. in all of NHRA. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. For the, the sportsman series, that's not including the professional. Right, right. Yep. Mm -hmm. For the sportsman series. So nice record book uh, notations there that you have, Megan. And, and so now your sister only races part-time. So sh she probably wasn't then racing for the championship so much as you were because you were doing full-time. Would that be right? Yes, that's correct. And um, she did do a full schedule for the regional series. And so she was trying to get the championship on that side. Um, but I was able to just beat her and pass her up. So I, I got first place and she had finished in second place. So, um, you know, which was an improvement for her because the year before she was in third place. So, you know, next year she's going to be battling it out with me again to get first place in the regional. And, um, you know, there is a lot of incentives for running the regional series. Um, unfortunately, they don't advertise it and they don't air it on TV. So the only time you can really watch it is on YouTube and they have a, a live TV that goes on. So you can watch the entire race day on YouTube. Um, but for racers, if you place in first, second or third in the regional series, it gives you free entry into every race the next year. So you also get prize money and you'll, you'll get contingency and all that stuff too. So um, NHRA really encourages racers to do that part of the series, even though you're not getting the, the national exposure that your sponsors want, you're saving money by you know, getting free entry going into the next season, which adds up to be a lot of money. I was just going to ask you, what about how much does it cost to be, you know, to be in a race? It's, um, well, you have to pay the entry fee plus insurance. So insurance is about $250 each race, and that's something that we have to pay no matter what. And then the, the actual entry fee is anywhere from $250 to $350 each race. Okay, because um, there's a young gal that races. Her name is Maddie Malone, and she uh, raced it at um us 131 motorsports and so i had done an interview with her and i'd had a story about her in the magazine and then she came there to race so i went up to meet her wonderful young gal she also learned how to drive the hauler and do all of the things that you you said as well Perfect. and she, and so for her to race up there she could race more than once but she had to pay entry fee for each different time and it was pricey. I was really surprised. Yes, it is, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, it's pricey. So those sponsors are, are, you know, very important, of course. But then the fact that you don't have to pay now next year, you or your sister, big mm -hmm. deal. That, that really does add up to a lot of money. So good for you. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah. It saves us a lot of money um, for that. And also Julie, um, so she entered into the North Central region, which is like the Indiana, Illinois, Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, that area. Uh-huh. And um, we just entered her into that series. So that way she wouldn't be directly competing with me and Rachel on the Midwest region. And she was able to also win the championship on, on that region. So she is guaranteed that free entry into next year. And it's also her first championship. So um, very exciting. Oh, that is exciting. I didn't realize that. So I'm going to have to reach out to her as well. So very, very cool, Megan. I've learned a lot today and, and this has been really interesting. So the class that you run now, do you have any, any is that something you're going to continue to run for a while or will you move up to a different class? What, how does that work? Um, it is the, the best way to move up into the top fuel ranks. Um, the chassis between a top alcohol dragster and a top fuel dragster are pretty much exactly the same. Um, the way that you operate it, drive it the same way. So it's the best way to learn how to drive a top fuel dragster. Um, but I do not see myself uh, wanting to move up. And I, you know, growing up, my dad was racing in top alcohol dragster and I said, that's what I wanted to do. I don't, you know, there was a time when I was younger and I wanted to do top fuel, but just being around the sport my whole life, going to the races and, and seeing all the, the stuff behind the scenes that goes on in the pro ranks, you know, it really, it's not for me. And you know, I'm racing with my parents, my sister, I have a good relationship with everyone on our team right now, a good relationship with all our sponsors, you know, I just don't see a reason why I should leave that, and, um, you know, it's just, I don't think it's for me, but Julie has aspirations to be a top field driver, so we're going to push her on up there whenever she's ready for it, whenever she gets enough money because it is very, very, very expensive. And, um, you know, that's, that is you, what a lot of kids do whenever they first enter our classes, they want to go up there. But then some of them, you know, they fall in love with the competition, the, the relationships that we have with other racers. And, you know, they're perfectly happy staying in our class. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, being a pro or being in those classes isn't for everybody. When you find where, where you love to race and the class that you're passionate about, like you said, and, and you're happy where you are, then why upset the apple basket? Just stay where you are, keep having success and having fun. I see, I see, you know, the people that are listening to this can't see the smile on your face. And so <laughs> Um, the big smile on your face when you talk about racing in that class and the things that you've done, that tells me that you're very satisfied, you're very content where you are, and, and that's where you're going to stay. And so there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm glad to see that. So um, what, what else can you tell me about drag racing or your championship or about Megan that my listeners would be interested in hearing? Yeah. Um... Well, I did get engaged earlier this year, so I have uh, been planning my wedding, which will be in April next year, and, um, you know, with that comes the the responsibility of what's going to happen in my future, um, and, you know, of course, I want to start my own family, get them started in junior dragsters as soon as I can, so, um, you know what, I, I don't exactly know how much longer I will be a driver. Um, in this sport, uh, but whenever that time does come, whenever I am ready to step away, I will still be involved um, with our team, just doing everything behind the scenes that I do now. Um, I handle all the, the travel logistics, getting our crew guys, their flights and hotels, rental cars, all that stuff, getting them to and from the races, um, handling all the bookkeeping and sponsorships and um, just communications between sponsors and potential sponsors. So I will still be handling all of that. Um, but you know what, I'm getting <laughs> old enough to where I'm ready to start my own family. So um, whenever the time is right, I think I'll be in a really good spot to be able to step away and be completely satisfied with everything that we have done with our team. And I don't think there will be any um, regrets for that. 
And I have been um, communicating to some other female racers that have been in my position before and what their opinions are. And one of them had said that they regretted not starting their family sooner because they had put racing as number one and waited a really long time to have her daughter. And um, she said that she had regretted not having her daughter earlier. And so, you know, I just don't want to be in that position when I'm older. So, um, you know, I think my dad will still have the race team around and 10 years or so whenever I'm done having kids and I want to come back if there is a chance to um, I would definitely want to get back to racing but you know I am getting to that point to where I'm kind of realizing that there is more to racing um, you know there's a lot that my sister and I had missed out on while we were growing up and so um, just being able to spend that family time while I'm at home, you know, something that I kind of miss now. So, um, so yeah, so I don't exactly know how much longer I'll be behind the wheel, but, um, you know, I still be happy just by being in the sport and being able to come to the races and watch my sister and the other people on our team race. You know, that's, that's exactly right because everything doesn't last forever, nor would we want it to. I mean, change is good. If you're not changing, you're not growing, and, and then you're dying. So you've got to make changes, and you've got to pivot and do the things that feel right. And so congratulations on getting engaged and, and, um, and being married in April. That's exciting. And so it, there's nothing wrong with stepping aside from the driver's seat because everybody on the team is important. And from the sounds of all the other things you do besides driving, that's real important. So um, I can see that you'll stay involved even if you're not driving the car. Um, so that's that's good. That's a very mature way to look at the next the next season, as we say, the next season of your life. And, yes. Yeah, and that's that's exciting. So, um, Megan, where will I where will I see you racing coming up then next year? Tell me some of the the tracks that you go to. Well, I always start off my year in Gainesville, Florida, which is the NHRA Gator Nationals, and that's in March, usually the same weekend as spring break time. So we start in Gainesville, and then um, we usually go to Texas after that. We'll race in Dallas and Houston, and then um, we'll do a lot of East Coast and Midwest stuff. So um, from Texas, we'll go to Charlotte for the, the NGK Spring Nationals or sorry, the four wide nationals that is in the springtime there in Charlotte. We also will be in Chicago. We'll race in Topeka, Kansas. Uh, we'll also go down to Louisiana, um, Oklahoma, um, Indiana. Uh, we also go up to Reading, Pennsylvania. And then we return back to Charlotte and then um, return to Dallas. So I mostly stick with the Midwest East Coast events. Um, and a lot of that's just because it's very easy for us to travel to being from Kansas, um, flights aren't very long. It, it doesn't take a whole, you know, long drive going from West coast to East coast or back and forth. So, um, and also like I had mentioned earlier, we've been racing at the same tracks for a long time. So we have a lot of data gathered up. So we kind of know what to predict when we are going into a race event, just based on what we've done years prior and how the weather and track conditions have been before. So it gives us a really good idea or a really good starting point going into that race. So, um, yeah, I'm just excited to start next year with having the number one on my car and being, being the champion. And, you know, we've been fighting for this for years. Last year I finished in the third place. And so that's why I have number three on my car right now. And, you know, my goal for this year was just to, do better than that just to get second place or first place if we could and fortunately we got the number one spot locked in so i'm really excited to go into next year and um we have you know renewed with all our sponsors so they're all staying on for next year and you know it'll just be really exciting time everyone's going to be watching us to see what we can do see if we can repeat and i have a good feeling and i think that we'll be able to 
Yeah, I, I have a good feeling about you too. So why don't you, do you want to share like who your sponsors are? Give them some press? Yes, of course. So NGK Sparkplugs is my title sponsor and they have been for the past couple of years. They are an amazing group of people. They're so fun to hang out with. And I'm just very fortunate to, for them to be able to, um, to have me as their ambassador. Um, they also have a lot of females in their marketing department. So it made it very easy to relate with them, which I think is key whenever racers are looking into sponsors. If they are a girl driver, making sure, you know, it's someone that has high up female employees. Um, also, we have Lucas Oil, who has been with us since the beginning. Um, you know, we are some of the first drag racers to start running their junior dragster oil whenever they came out with it. So uh, we've had a really great relationship over the years with Lucas Oil. We also have Gunk, which is our brake clean supplier and um, other chemicals that we use for cleaning. And again, they've been with us for a long time. They are based out of Charlotte. So they come out to the Charlotte race whenever we're out there and we just have a good time with them as well. Um, we also have um, Technician Academy, which is a newer sponsor for us. For, they joined on with us about three years ago. And um, they're really special because we do an internship program with them for a college student in the automotive industry. So we, um, we have a contest that opens up the week of SEMA Apex show and it goes until June next year. And um, with that, we, we take uh, one or two college students to be an, a crew intern on our team at the biggest race of the year, which is the US Nationals in Indianapolis over Labor Day weekend. And they're able to um, go to schools and uh, promote the competition and you know just show them how cool it is to be in drag racing and how important it is for them to get experience outside of the classroom to add onto their resume. For whenever they are ready to graduate from college, they'll be able to stand out from the rest of their peers to be able to get a good job in the field. And we also have Weld Wheels, which they are based out of Kansas City, which is, um, you know, perfect for us. Whenever we need a new set of wheels, I can just drive up downtown and, and pick them up. So we are actually um, have become a dealer for them. So we do sell uh, Weld Wheels to other racers. And, um, you know, it's just been a great relationship with us to um, be able to represent them. Um, we also are partnered with Menards Racing, which we are um, only one of three drag racing teams to be able to partner with Menards. And uh, with them, we do a retail program. So this year, our retail program was with Dots Pretzels. And that was the major sponsor on our second car that was driven by Rachel and Julie. And it's so much fun just being able to work with Menards. We get to bring cool products to them and they get to decide if they want to sell them in their stores. And so Dots Pretzels is, I mean, they're so addictive. I don't know if you've had them before, but they, they're so amazing. I have had them and I actually bought them at Menards. Now that you say Perfect. that, that is too funny. <laughs> yes, they're so good. Um, we just have little one ounce sample bags that we, we hand out to everybody and they just keep coming back for more because they're so good. But um, you know, Dots Pretzels had never been in any type of racing before. So it's pre pretty cool that they trusted us to be able to get them that kind of exposure. Um, and then we also have um, our, what we call our associate sponsors. And most of them have been with us for many, many years. ARP, Bolt, um, Molly provides us with um, discounted bearings and rings. Um, we also are with AeroQuip, which helps, um, gives us our hoses, and then we use Jiffy-type fittings on them for our fuel lines and oil lines. They have the quick disconnect, which is so easy because we don't need wrenches anymore to take them off. And um, let's see, we also have Taylor Cable, which is also based out of Kansas City, and they do our spark plug wires. And for the month of October, they made a special breast cancer awareness pink spark plug wires that we're running on our cars. And um, it's, I think they look awesome. I wish we could run them all year, but it's very hard to keep them clean because everything just gets dusty and oily and greasy. And so I have to clean them very hard every single time we make a run. So that way they're still nice and bright, but uh, we are going to auction them off at the end of the year on eBay for anyone that wants them, whether they're, 
a racer and want to use them or if it's just a fan and they want to like hang them up in their garage they're more than welcome to but all of those proceeds from um, the spark plug wire auction will go to women rock which is a breast cancer awareness group that we support that's based out of texas and um they they do a lot with drag racing so we're very happy to be able to help them out as much as we can that's very cool because i'm yeah. a breast cancer survivor yes that's awesome so happy yeah. to hear that so i'd like to know more about the or the group in texas so you'll have to okay. let me know about that after the after podcast Yes, I can send you their information. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I could go on and on and on. Um, but yeah, you know, we just, we have built so many great relationships with our sponsors and, you know, a lot of them are in the Midwest. So it, it's easy for us to relate with them and to be able to see them often. Um, but then there are some that like, we don't see very often like Lucas Oil because they're based out of California. So we only see them about once or twice a year. Um, and then we will see them at Apex, PRI, and SEMA show. So, um, but yeah, you know, the biggest thing is if someone's looking for a sponsor is just to, to build a relationship with them. Don't just hand them a packet and say, here you go. You know, I cost this much money, this amount of money, and I can give you, you know, this much exposure. It, it doesn't work like that. You know, they're human beings too they want a relationship with you. So that's just the biggest thing. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. So it's, I think it doesn't matter what business you're in. It is about the relationships. That's, that's for darn sure. So, yeah, well, um, I have, a, I'm going to have a booth at PRI and last okay. year I did, um, autograph sessions. And so I'll be contacting you and your sister and Julie about right. doing that. So we'll talk about that when the podcast is over as well. But, um, Megan, I've really, really enjoyed talking to you today and learning about you more and about your race team and, and how you got to be the, it's the world champion, right? Yes. Right. The world champion and the regional champion. So that's, that's really been a great, a great learning curve for me today, as well as I'm sure some of my listeners. So um, any last words that you would have? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, if, anyone would like to, you know, learn some more, they, they can find um, all of our team history and accomplishments and um, specs about the cars on our website, uh, rainymyracing.com. I also have meganmyracing.com, which is just about me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I'd love to connect with everyone on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us, meganmeyer.racing is my handle, or you can look us up at Randy my racing if you want to be able to see what Rachel and Julie and our other guys are up to. All right, that sounds great. So thanks again for being on the podcast and um, we'll hopefully see you at the PRI show. Yes, I would love to. Thank you so much for having me on, Melinda. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Follow us on Facebook at International Women's Motorsports Association or on Instagram and Twitter at the IWMA Nation. And if you know someone that should be on our show, drop us an email at IWMA Nation at gmail.com.